Genesis chapter 45. Genesis chapter 45, we're coming down towards the end of our series uh, that goes along with our theme, It Is Well, and I've enjoyed these lessons from the life of Joseph, and this morning, um, uh, God led me to Genesis 45, and we are going to think about this thought, It Is Well because of grace. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? And so if you have your Bibles open there, chapter 45, verse number one, the Bible says, then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. And thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children, and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. There will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast Come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin that is in my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen. And ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. What an amazing passage, how we've been studying Joseph's life and all that he's been through. And of course, his brothers have come into view. And at this moment, it's really a, a moment of truth. Joseph has been working with his brothers. He's brought them to a place, as we looked at last week, a place of, of conviction, a place of compassion, and a place of 
confession. Joseph has been testing them to see if they truly had changed their ways. And he sees that they have changed their ways. And then as a result of his seeing the change in them, Joseph in this passage reveals himself to them. Can you imagine this stressful moment for the brothers of Joseph? Imagine the fear that they felt as they stood before the brother that they had wronged. And they had sold him as a slave all those many years ago. They now know who he is. And they know that he has the power to send them to prison or if he chooses to, to take their lives. What happens next is amazing because it is a great picture that you and I need to see of the grace of God. The brothers of Joseph, they stand here in this text before their brother and they certainly were deserving of and they expected to be judged by Joseph. But instead of judging them, Joseph gives them love. They receive not only his love, but they receive grace. Have you been there in your life, like where Joseph's brothers found themselves? Maybe something in your past that, that you've done, something that maybe you've never got over, like Joseph's brothers were carrying this around for the past 20-some years of their lives. And when I think about Joseph's brothers and how they received grace from Joseph that day, are you today a recipient of God's grace and God's love? As I said this morning, and Kenny sang that wonderful song about the love of God, we don't deserve God's love. But yet God has been so good to us. God has extended grace to us. And I want us to see this morning from Joseph and his brothers how that we can learn of amazing grace. And notice as we think about that, we see in this passage this morning, as it comes to this moment of truth, the revelation of, of grace that is revealed here. See, grace is what showed up in this situation. In their eyes, Joseph was a powerful, mysterious ruler. But the Bible says in Genesis 42 and verse number 8, Joseph knew his brethren, and they knew not him. As they stood there looking at their brother, who is this powerful man, they understood that he holds the power of life and death over them. One moment they're standing before the prime minister of Egypt, who he really was, but they did not understand really who Joseph was at this particular time. But the very next moment, they're looking into the eyes of the brother that they had sold into slavery many years ago. It must have been a strange feeling for Joseph's brothers to stand there in front of him, having now understood who he is. In reality, Joseph, he could have just kept them in the dark. He could have not told them who he was. In other words, he could have not revealed his identity to them, and he could have judged them, and he could have made them pay for what they had done to him. No one at all would have faulted Joseph 
for having done that, the way that they treated him, what they had done to, to him many years ago. But instead of judgment and instead of justice, Joseph chose to deal with his brothers on the basis of grace alone. You see, I see the revelation of grace. He chose, instead of judging them, to open their eyes and to deliver them from this awful sentence that had been hanging over them for so many years. Instead of judging them as they deserved, he spoke words of grace. Look at verse number four. The Bible says, Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. In this choice that Joseph made, Joseph strongly represents Jesus Christ because the Bible teaches us that in our natural born condition that mankind as a whole is a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And when you think of Jesus and how he loved us and he he also is so gracious towards us the way Joseph was to his brothers. When I think of our natural born condition, Isaiah said that your sins have separated between you and your God and your sins, notice here, have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Because of sin, there is no hope in this life or in the life to come. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 2, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we have had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See, as lost sinners, we, like Joseph's brothers, we deserve to be judged for our sins and be sent to a Christless eternity. The Bible says in Romans 6, the wages of sin is death, separation from God for all of eternity. And in God's grace, then what did God do while we were yet sinners? God chose to reveal himself to us by his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. John 1.14, the word, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know what I love about Jesus is that Jesus comes to us where we are. Jesus opens our eyes to our sins. Listen, this morning, if there is something in your life like there was in Joseph's brother's lives, God comes to you. God will help you to open your eyes to see whatever it is, whatever sin it is in your life. And listen, I'm glad for the fact that, yes, God opens our eyes the way Joseph opened the eyes of his brothers, 
God doesn't want us just to feel bad this morning. Listen, here's the best part. When he opens our eyes to our sins, then here's the best part. Then he draws us to himself. Remember what Joseph said to his brothers? He says to them, come near to me, I pray you. Jesus asked the same thing of us. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. His grace is amazing towards us, but not only that, but his love is also marvelous towards us. Look back at verse number four again, where Joseph says to them, come near to me, I pray you. But then notice in verse four, he says these words, I am Joseph, notice these words, your brother. You, you sense here, after all these many years and the way that they had treated him, he looked beyond the sins of their past. He sees through the eyes of perfect love and forgiveness. And thank God this morning that when God looks at us, God looks through us, looks at us through those same eyes. God looks at us through his love. God sees us and he forgives us. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, and his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved he loves us in spite of our sin and our fallen condition listen god knows what we deserve and yet we see here that god is determined to give us what we do not deserve and i'm thankful this morning and i'm a recipient of god's grace and God's love. And this morning, I hope that you can say the same thing this morning, that God's grace was revealed to you, and that many times over, God has revealed his grace. We see in Joseph's dealings with his brother, the revelation of grace. But notice, secondly, the reconciliation of grace. See, Joseph could have judged them for what they had done to him. And I want you to look again in your Bible. Look at verse number five. The Bible says, now therefore, he says to them, he says, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Look down in verse 14. The Bible says, He fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them, and after that his brethren talked with him. See, instead of judging them for what they had done to him, we find that he forgave them. And not only did he forgive them, but he promised to bless them. And as he listened to them, it, it, we, we heard uh, Judah's uh, confession last week. And as he listened to the confession of their past sins, he realized that they were genuinely sorry for what they had done to him. And so Joseph sees the changes. Joseph refuses to make them suffer for sin that has been confessed. 
The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we see the same thing in Joseph's life, how that Joseph knew, he knew what they had done to him was bad, but it was not so bad that he, they could not be forgiven by God and to be forgiven by him. This is a great lesson for all of us this morning because I see again how Joseph is a representation of the Lord Jesus Christ and his grace. This is what happened to you and I when we came to God as a sinner and the Lord saw us in our sin and we accepted him and his salvation, how that God, just like Joseph to his brothers, how our sins were forgiven, that God washed away every sin and every stain of every sin. You see, when God saved us, God cleansed us from every sin. And can I, can I say this, that not only did he cleanse us from every sin, but he cleansed us from every sin for all time and for all of eternity. The Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. For they shall all know me, from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. Jeremiah says, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Colossians 2, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Hey, praise God this morning that all of our sins, all the sins of our past have been forever forgiven. God has forgiven us. And as we think about this forgiveness that Joseph's brothers received, that you and I have received, understand that with that forgiveness comes a responsibility. You see, I think about how that God has forgiven us and now we are to understand that we too ought to forgive others. Look at this great verse in Colossians 3. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Is there someone that you haven't forgiven? Somebody that's treated you the way that Joseph's brothers treated him? And you're still harboring that, that hatred, that bitterness, whatever that sin is in your heart? You're still, you still haven't dealt with it? Listen, if God has forgiven you, if God has saved you from your sin, then we have a responsibility that just as Christ has forgiven us, we ought to forgive others. When I look at Joseph, I see a great example for us today. And that example is that he forgave a great wrong. 
We're to do the exact thing, same thing that Joseph did. And I want you to see this as we kind of look at some of the things that Joseph did. Maybe it would encourage you today, help you today, maybe to forgive somebody that needs to be forgiven today. Notice in verse number four, how the Bible says here, Joseph said unto his brethren, come near unto me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. You remember how Joseph's brothers, how, how because of, of their hatred towards him, they drove him away from them. But I see here in his forgiveness, he actually calls them near unto himself. I also see in verse number five where he says, therefore be not grieved. He says, don't be angry with yourselves that she sold me hither. And I see here that, how that uh, his brothers, they cast him in the pit many years ago and they left him alone and really they left him without any comfort, any home. And yet here in verse number five, I see Joseph now in his forgiveness comforting them. I also see that Joseph's brothers, look at verse number 21 of this same passage. The Bible says, uh, it says here, and the children of the Israel did go, and, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh and gave them provision for the way. So notice here how his brothers many years ago, what did they do for him? They left him to starve to death. But Joseph here in his forgiveness, he's actually giving them provisions that, that would sustain them. Uh, look at verse number 22 of this same passage. The Bible says, and to his father, he sent, uh, excuse me, verse 22, uh, to all of, uh, of them, he gave each man changes of, of raiment. And so you remember how they took Joseph's coat of many colors and they, they ripped it from him and they, they killed the animal and they smeared the blood on it. See, in, in the brothers, they, they, they took what Joseph had, the, the clothing that Joseph had, and they, they just trashed it. But here in Joseph's forgiveness, what a great example for us, how he gives them garments. And then I also see in the last part of verse number 22, where the Bible says to Benjamin, his, his brother, he gave, notice here, 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And how Joseph's brothers, many years ago, they sold him and they received silver for the sale of their own brother. But now Joseph, in his forgiveness, is actually giving them silver. Listen, can I tell you this morning, that is a great picture of the grace of God, and that is forgiveness. Has someone hurt you in your life? Is there someone that, that maybe has, has offended you? I think many times we are so easily offended, but I know that if you've lived any length of time, I'm sure that you have been hurt. Have there been times when people have done you wrong? I mean, I think about what was going through Joseph's mind all those many years, thinking about his, his brothers and how uh, they were back home with his father and how his life had changed. But what do you do in your life when things happen to you? Joseph, when all this took place, what did Joseph do? He forgave just like the Lord does. Remember what Jesus said as he hung there on the cross? Not for any sin that he committed, but for the sins of the world, for your sins and for mine. He looked down over those people that had earlier said, crucify him, crucify him. And Jesus said these words, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. I see this reconciliation of grace. 
when we are wrong. And by the way, it will happen in your life. When people will wrong you, what are we to do? We're to forgive people by the same degree of the grace that has been given unto us. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we should go the extra mile when it comes to this matter of forgiving others. Matthew 18, I love this passage, how Jesus is having this conversation with Peter, and, and, and Peter says, Lord, how many times uh, how, many, how many times should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Lord, how many times? And, and Peter then says, should I forgive him seven times? And if, if you were to ask the, the rabbi at this time, they would tell you that uh, according to their custom, it was to forgive someone three times. Of course, we have that adage, three strikes and you're out. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't say, well, yes, just three times? Peter thought he was being a super Christian by saying, hey, listen, I'll go beyond that. And he says, uh, should I forgive him seven times? Notice what Jesus says to Peter. He says, I say not unto thee. He says, Peter, not seven times. He says, until seven times, uh, 70 times seven. Uh, if you're a mathematician, you do the math, 70 times 7 is 490. 490 times. And somebody commented, they said, you, you are to forgive that person 490 times, not just for one infraction after the other, but for that very same one if they commit it again. If they commit that same sin again, you just keep forgiving that same sin 490 times. It actually carries this idea of completeness, of perfectness. Uh, when you think about this, it's not about the number. What it's about is, is what, uh, and, and by the way, I know that uh, there's been a, a character over the years that uh, children love, and he has this saying, to infinity and beyond. Well, that's exactly what this means. Till 70 times 7 means you just go on with the love and grace of God. You just go on continuing to forgive. Don't hold it against somebody. Forgive them, he says, unconditionally. This is the will of God for our lives. And when we have this kind of forgiveness and we extend grace to others the way Joseph did to his brothers, we see that this pleases the Lord. How in the world could Joseph find it in his heart to forgive his brothers the way that they had treated him. Do you ever think about that? How could you find it in your heart this morning? Say, Pastor, you just don't know what he's done to me. You just don't know what she's been like. No, I may not. But remember, the Bible says, as Christ has forgiven us, we ought to forgive others also. When I look at Joseph, and by the way, I think this is a great lesson for us. Say, how could Joseph forgive his brothers like he did? Well, I think it's evident. Because when you go back to the Word of God, here's what you find is, is that Joseph could see the hand of God in everything that happened. Look back in verse number five. Look at it again. He says, don't be grieved or angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. Look at these words. For God did send me before you. To preserve life. He says, listen, you thought that you were 
doing something, and I know it's been bothering you, but the truth is God's hand was in this. Look at verse number 7. Joseph says, And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. He says, Look, this famine that, was, that, that is now here for two years, and there's five more years, God knew all that before it ever happened. He says, God was the one that sent me ahead of you. He says, we might not even be here today had it not been for the hand of God in this. Look at verse number 9. He says to his brothers, haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, thy son, uh, thus, thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt, come down unto me, tarry not. Again, <clears throat> Joseph says, God's the one that put me in this position. God's the one that gave me this opportunity, not only to help the people of the land that I'm now in, but to help my family and those that I love so dear. See, Joseph knew that he had been deeply hurt by his brothers, but he also knew that God was behind every disruption in his life. And this morning, you might not see it, what's going on in your life, but can I tell you, with all the disruptions, like this morning, aren't you glad when technology doesn't work, God still does? You know, all of you this morning, everybody was, oh, oh, oh you know, Facebook's not working, YouTube's not working. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Let's get back to real church on May 31st, live church, you know. But I understand that, listen, all these disruptions in life, you can say, well, listen, pastor, I'm just wringing my hands with all that's been going on these past two months. Can I tell you that God's hand has been at work through the whole situation? That's what Joseph was saying to his brothers. They were guilty, yes, of mistreating him. But Joseph knew that even their sins, listen, even what they did to him was a part of God's will for his life. It was God's plan. See, if we're going to get past the hurts in our lives, the things we experience, we've got to have the same attitude. We've got to understand that, that listen, they might have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God had a purpose in it, in this situation. And I love the reconciliation of the grace of God here. If something happens in our lives, it does, those things only happen just like Job. It's because God gave it permission to happen. God is the one that is allowing things to happen in your lives. And if God allows something to happen in your life, then listen, I'm going to tell you something. If it's God's will, God will use it for my good and your good and his glory. God will use it like he was doing in Joseph's life. We need to accept things that come our way. Trust God to work out his will through whatever it is. And that's what, listen, Joseph understood this was all the work of God. It was the will of God. And if we, like Joseph, can see God's hand in the hurts that we experience, it will make those hurts easier to bear. And I see this, this revelation of grace from Joseph to his brothers, just like God has been so gracious to us. And I see the reconciliation of grace, how that Joseph, listen, he could have judged them, but he chose to bring them to himself. And I love the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus made it possible that God and man could be brought back together again. But then I also see 
the responsibility of grace. If you would, go back with me to our passage in verse number 9. Look at it again. He says to his brothers, Haste ye, go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell, dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is in my mouth, that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. I see this responsibility of grace, how that after they have this wonderful, long overdue reunion, that Joseph in these verses issues a command to his brothers. There's something that he is asking them, he is commanding them to do. So what does Joseph do? He sends them away with some good news. And that good news was for Jacob, his father, and he also sends them away with the promise of great blessings as they come back to him, as they return back to the land of Egypt. Look at verse number 13 again. He says, tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that ye have seen. He says, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. So they were to go home to the land of Canaan, and they were to go and tell their father about Joseph's glory and about all the things, Joseph says, that you have seen and that you have experienced while you were here in Egypt. Now think about this. As he's asking them to do this, they were also, as they went, to tell about all the things they had seen and all the things they, that they had done. Here's the request of Joseph that they were to go back and they were to convince Jacob to return with them to live a new life in Egypt. Joseph told his brothers, I want you to go and I want you to tell someone. And when I think about what he was asking them to do, Jesus issued the same command to us that we are to go into all the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have been told by the Lord, by our commander, to tell everyone. And what are we to tell them? We are to tell them about Jesus. We're to tell them about his glory. Hey, listen, as great as Joseph was in the land of Egypt, and as great as the glory was that he had, it was in this world. And yet we know the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he wants us to go and to tell them the world about him and about his glory and all the things that we have seen. Listen, I haven't been to heaven yet, and you haven't either, but I can tell you this, through the eyes of faith in the word of God, I can see all the things that God is preparing for us, and I'm looking forward to that day. But listen, there are many today that are trusting in the things of this world, in the land of Egypt that we live in, but yet can I tell you today that God has something wonderful for us that one day we will be with the Lord if we know Christ as our Savior. And he gives us this command to tell them of what we have experienced. Well, what have we experienced? The grace of God. 
God's wonderful, amazing grace. Tell them that how, listen, aren't you glad this morning with all that's going on, with the deficit and all that's happened in these past couple months and people losing their jobs and the uncertainty about the future? Aren't you glad that you have hope this morning because of what the Lord has done for us? See, there's a lot of people today that are like we used to be that are in this world without hope and without Christ. But see, we can tell people about the hope that we have and that hope is found in the Lord Jesus himself. The Bible tells us in Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's not anyone that we should, listen, every person you meet, you should take the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. We're commanded to share the gospel of grace with everyone. What a message we have. It's the message of a changed life. It's the message of a blessed eternity. It's a message of love and hope and blessing. It's a message that everyone needs to hear. As you think about this passage this morning, where would we be without God's grace? You think about Joseph and his brothers. I'll tell you where we would be without God's grace is we would still be lost in our sin. Aren't you glad this morning that like Joseph's brothers, boy, you can, in your heart, you know that when they were standing before him and he revealed himself to them and they thought to themselves, listen, this is our brother, the one that we've wronged, the one that we treated so poorly, and he has the choice because of his position to cast us into prison or to take our lives I know that they were glad and they were thankful for the grace that was extended to them. And this morning, are you thankful for God's amazing grace? The love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless. Listen, God has been so good to us and we ought to be thankful for his amazing grace. You know why? Because God knows what we deserve. But better than, listen, as we think about this, better than we understand it ourselves. I know this morning, I know what I deserve, but I'm so glad that God has been so good to us. He doesn't deal with us on the basis of what we deserve. He deals with us on the basis of what we do not deserve. I love Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to this. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. For God's grace is what saves us from our sins. I love the song, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. T'was grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I think about this reunion, this moment of truth that Joseph's brothers found themselves in. And in your living room or wherever you may be this morning, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask you this morning, are you a recipient of the grace of God? Has God's grace been extended to you? In other words, if this was your last day, and tomorrow you would step out into eternity. Are you 100% sure 
that heaven would be your home? Say, Pastor, I, I'm not sure. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You can settle it today. Say, boy, I wish uh, I knew the grace like Joseph's brothers found grace. Oh, you can. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You think about your life today. God's grace has been revealed. Jesus left heaven and came to this earth so that you might have eternal life. But you see, the only way that you can be saved, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You want to be saved, you want to go to heaven someday, then by faith open your heart, admit that you're a sinner, and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you. And the Bible tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise from God. So if you need to be saved, why don't you ask the Lord to save you today? And if you are saved, would you think about, listen, Put everything else aside that's been going on. Right now, I just want you to hear my voice. Think about the grace of God. How good God has been to us. And then I want you to think about this. Is there someone in your life that you haven't been treating them the way Christ treats you? In other words... He's been good to you. He's been gracious to you. He's forgiven you. Is there someone this morning that you haven't forgiven? Because they've been carrying that around. Say, well, they need to come to me. No, no, you're missing it. Joseph didn't have to reveal himself to them. He chose to do that. He chose to forgive them. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You need to be that one that goes to them and forgives them. Doesn't matter what they've done. And then we have a responsibility. Because of his grace, you and I have a responsibility to go tell others. Tell this world about the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is rich unto all that will call upon his name. We have that responsibility. God's amazing grace. Not just a song we sing. It's a life we live. I'm so glad for God's grace today. And if you need to trust him, may you do that today. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be reminded of your grace Lord, when I think of Joseph's brothers and the fear that gripped their hearts when Joseph revealed himself and then he found it in his heart to forgive them for all that they had done to him. 
And he recognized that all of that had happened was all because you allowed it to happen. Your hand was in it. Joseph didn't know that when he was in the pit. He didn't know that when he was in prison. But God, in your time, you brought all that to pass. And Joseph found himself where he was being used by you to help those 10 brothers that had treated him so poorly. Their lives would forever be changed. Just like all of ours have been changed because of your grace. Thank you for this tremendous lesson. It is well, all because of grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.